The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. Different people with different personalities express love in different ways. The five love languages. They are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. In time, resentment would start to show up. The fact that we could not connect and that I felt so unable to express what I wasn't receiving and I wasn't able to give the others what they needed either. I ended up living with my sister. They weren't a bad person by no stretch of the imagination. Is that slowly we grew apart and we were just together because we were together. There, there was no reason why we should have been together. It was out of convenience. It's a wonderful chaos. Solo or tandem. We work to find rest and fight to find peace. Both head and the heart. Today, we're going to discuss love languages. There's five of them. Dr. Gary Chapman wrote a book about this, and I don't know when it was, 25 years ago or so. And I don't think Andy read the book. No, I didn't, but I did take the test, and I've got the results right here for both of us. So tell me, Bambos, before we get into the whole love language, given that you're in Cyprus, how long has it been since you saw your mom? March last year. The day I, the, I went for 10 days, I came back to Amsterdam, and then COVID, we had our first lockdown. Wow. How is it for your mom to be with you? Hey, one second. Mom, come. Come here. <laughs> I get her on the show finally. I love this. Forget it. We're, tra- we're canceling the show. It's all about me and Bambos's mom. Hey, mom, can you hear me? I can hear you very well. I love that. Can you tell me how difficult is it to have Bambos as a child? <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> no, no, he was fine. He was fine. Yeah, are you sure? We tried to do eye gazing today. and it, it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it, when Bambos does videos with you, it oh, almost it, feels like he's torturing you. So I watch wait. it. I feel exhausted <laughs> when I see how much it's how hard it is for you. Stop being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. How are you anyway? I'm very, very well. And Good. how is it for you to see your son after a year away? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Has yeah. he did you notice anything in him that changed since you saw him last time? Well, he's losing weight. He's losing weight. Nice. Yep. Where I'm is he tr- losing weight? In all of his body or in, in- everywhere? Are you feeding? Are you feeding him well? But he doesn't eat anything. Does he make juices? What does he eat for breakfast while he's there? What you eat for breakfast? Andy. <laughs> it's a great talk, Bambos. Could you hear what I was asking her or not? Actually, no. Oh, okay. She's complaining that I'm not eating enough. I know she's complaining that. I'm trying to feed him (laughs) my my cuisine. Uh huh. (laughs) And and what's his biggest complaint about your cooking? My biggest complaint. No, no, his complaint about your cooking. uh, (laughs) Everything. I'm trying to I'm trying to do my roast potatoes and chicken and gubebia and with my Greek. Yes. No, he doesn't those eat anything. All, those are I all the salad. things. Bambos does not eat any of that. It must be you know what you need to do is you need to buy a lot of vegetables and just let him eat them like he's a rabbit. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. I feel like my parents are are talking about me. Yes. Well, thank you for bringing Bambos into the world. He's brought a lot of joy into people's lives, including my own. 
He's always yeah. talking nice about you. Nice yeah. things. Uh, I okay, hope not. Andy. I'll try to change that on this show if I can. Okay, Andy. Love you. And, and tell us what, <laughs> what you're doing. What do you want us to send over? You're going to send me that, that cheese, that great cheese that halloumi. always comes. Halloumi. What, just the cheese? Just, just halloumi. the halloumi. I just love the halloumi. Okay. My, my mama's love, lang love language is being of what? service. It, it's not of touch. I can already tell you. Her love language okay. is not touch. Bye, Andy. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye mommy. I love Bye, it. Mama. Hilarious. Uh, wow, that was special. You don't even know what I spoke to your mom about just now. And I don't, I, I can just fantasize. And I just saw hands. I saw your excitement, and I'm like, oh, the fucker's really digging. <laughs> I treated uh, her with love and respect. I did not do anything you'd be ashamed of, I guarantee you. Oh, please. Yes. I, I've done uh, worse. Uh, our usual suspects have already taken the test and shared their results. So we're going to, um, we're going to share our results as well. Bombos, while you're doing that, I might read something out from. The website, the story of the five love languages, right? So in the early years as a marriage counselor, Dr. Gary Chapman noticed over and over again that couples would voice similar complaints regarding their marriage. One spouse would say something like, I feel like he doesn't love me. The other would protest, I don't know what else to do. I'm doing everything I should be doing. Recognizing a pattern, Dr. Chapman poured through years of session notes, he asked himself, when someone said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what do they actually want? Surprisingly, their answers fell into five categories, revealing a unique approach and how to effectively love another person, right? More than 25 years later, this revolutionary concept has improved millions of relationships across the globe. The premise is simple. Different people with different personalities express love in different ways. Gary called these ways of expressing and receiving love the five love languages. The words are, the, they are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Each individual has at least one language that they prefer above the other, and this is where it gets interesting. And that's basically where it ended off. Yeah. Nice. So um, I don't know how I originally got attuned to this. You may have asked me about it once. Do you remember have, discussing that at some point? Hmm. It, no. It's not, it's not something that I would discuss with you. Uh, well, I had a, a client of mine who was having trouble in a relationship. And the trouble was not all that dissimilar from the one that was just discussed is that one kept saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then the other said, but that's not what I want. That's not what I want. <laughs> and it was humorous because it was the first time I didn't even know that this love language thing existed. And I said, do, guys, do me a favor. Do the love language assessment thing on the web and just so I can see what is it that you guys are really wanting from one another that you're not able to give each other. And that that that's a and and one of them did it, the other one didn't. So that was a, it didn't help much, but it did help me and that when I saw the results of the person who I asked to do it, it affirmed what I was thinking was that their love language was very different than the one that the um the one that the person asked for. When I was answering the questions and to the to the test, yeah, um, I scored zero percent on gifts, mm. and it's not completely accurate. I saw there was a part of me that doesn't is not able to fully receive, so I was noticing how quickly I was pushing the gifts away. But then there was something else when you when you signed a book, and it took you. A year, let's say, a year and a half. Uh -huh. Yeah. The intention was more important for me than the actual physical gift. Mm -hmm. But now I have that book physically in my hands. And when I look at it, I always feel the intention. So if someone just gives me a gift for the sake of giving me a gift because my birthday, but they didn't put any thought to it, then I, I appreciate it by the same time. Uh, it, it doesn't move me as much as if I feel that there's a, a grounded intention in the action. Yeah. 
it's it's scary how similar we experience this test. Like uh, what you just said was so I also scored zero on receiving gifts. <laughs> so we both scored zero. Just we're, we're going to give the results, but we both so our in doing the assessment, our score of how we want to receive love when it came to receiving gifts was a zero for both of us. A zero. And I had a similar reaction to you in that I felt this isn't honest. Although I answered the questions well, as well as I felt I could, what I noticed was, wow, that one time when I turned 40 and my family gave me the iPod or the iPad, it was like the newest thing at that time. And I was so excited to get that iPad and if I had bought it for myself, I wouldn't have been excited because it would have just been something. But to have received it, like I was really, I felt just somebody cared about me enough to give me this gift, right? The, the family yeah. or to think about it. What would I enjoy? So it was fascinating that I saw that I got a zero, but I felt similarly to you and that that doesn't feel totally honest because there are moments when I really appreciate receiving, but it isn't usually the gift. It's the intention and the time and the energy of saying, I want you to have something that is something you wouldn't necessarily buy yourself and something you'd appreciate. So we we were both, it, it confused me when I saw the results. Nice. And it also was humorous because this exact point came up for my 50th birthday when Ronnie said she wanted to get me the Tesla. <laughs> and I had to be very firm with her to, and say to her, if a Tesla shows up anywhere in my environment, not only will I not be happy, I'll be angry. Because <laughs> I was so worried that she would think of that iPad and say, oh, I'm going to get him something that he that he'd never get himself, but something that he would really appreciate. So that was... That, she did buy you a Tesla. And she did give me a Tesla, but it was one that, that was that big. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. I, but to, to go back to your point, I was fascinated because I asked myself, how accurate is this if I scored a zero when actually I know there's, there's, a, there's a joy in receiving, but it's the intention which makes it beautiful, not the gift itself. Yeah. 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 Oh, so I have another example. Okay. Uh, I know. I know. A friend is not financially great, and I was making breakfast for them, and mm -hmm. they call and say, "Hey, what can I bring?" And and just the just that, mm -hmm. it's enough. It it really yeah. feels. I said, "Bring yourself." Like just this uh, gesture is. Uh, it touches me deeply. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was sharing with um, with our mutual friend, I won't name names, but we were walking together today. And I said to him, I'll often call people to invite them to join me on a walk or to meet when I'm in a, not because I think they're going to say yes, but only because I want to let them know that they'd always be welcomed. And um, and it's interesting because with 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 Ronnie and I, we are very different people. So Ronnie would almost always err usually and just just not calling another person just because she wants to have our time. And I'll almost always err with, hey, let's just invite them. They're probably not going to come, but it'll mean a lot for them to know that they're being thought about and they're being appreciated and that they'd be welcomed. And um, and one in five times it'll happen, and then it's really usually a beautiful uh, uh, thing. But it, it is interesting that how we process that uh, differently, because I see that as an act of love as well. Time giving time, yeah, sharing yeah. time. Um, whose love language do we want to reveal first? Uh, I don't mind. We okay. we could do mine. Okay, so then that's. Out of the five love languages, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, and quality time, what is Bombos Charles Dimitri's love language? So what we see here, Bombos, not, not surprising, your, your majority is physical touch. 
Yeah. At a 37%. You've discussed that a lot. I mean, I, I have to tell you, a hug goes a long way, especially yeah. if it's a heartfelt hug. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's interesting is that he always says there is a primary and then the secondary. And the secondary love language for you is quality time. Yeah. And it's kind of fascinating. I'd like to get into that in a minute. And then you're tied for the third love language because you've got on one side words of affirmation and acts of service. Mm. And then, as we said earlier, we both have a zero for receiving gifts. So interesting. Yeah. So 37% uh, physical touch. I guess that didn't surprise you when the results came up. No. Which one was a tie? Yet acts of service and words of affirmation were 17%. Both were 17%. So words of affirmation, I also would have a zero. Uh-huh. But, but, I, but that part, I, I had certain individuals coming to me into my aura. And I thought, oh, yeah, when this person shared this, um, that they made time to share that with me it was really beautiful and it touched me. Normally, yeah. I, have, I have a hard time, again, receiving words of affirmation. Yeah, I think we're and both it, the same on that one as well. Yeah, you have a hard time also with that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, what, what I saw was that it, and now I can read out what it says because there's a little bit of a narrative underneath this. A person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back and thoughtful touches on the arm. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth, safety, and love to you. Yeah. You know what? What's that? Can I be very honest? Please. I don't want you to read the descriptions. Do you know why? Uh, why, why, why? I, I think we could come up with better. Sorry. Yeah, I, don't I don't want to be arrogant, but <laughs> I noticed I lose my focus when you start reading. Yeah. Well, I didn't read that. That was the only one we had, by the way. So we can stop on that one anyways. But yeah. you're right. There was, there was, uh, you know, I look at my own definitions of touch. So uh, a person who would, uh, who, who identifies highest on physical touch would be someone who feels connected to another person through the act of touch more so than speaking, mm. right? Yeah. I, we, I would I would say if you're uh, if you have a high emotional intelligence, also touch is a really important aspect because, like in my own body, it helps me feel. Also, yeah. if I'm sad and someone hugs me, I can feel that I'm. It grounds me. Yeah. Yeah i I noticed in my own life when um. You know, I'm also, we'll get to me in a second, but I, I w- I'm also very high on touch, right? And um, when you don't experience me that way, but actually it is, you're going to laugh because, um, but with Ronnie, right, who's closer to me, she would, she'd be the one who said that would be my highest score. So, yeah. so the, the, the way we interact could be possibly different than how you and I interact, um, you know. Um, but... I remember I was uh, talking to Ronnie uh, a week ago where there, I used to, when I was managing uh, at the, the big computer company, um, there would be people that I would work with, male or female, and I'd, and I'd often touch, touch them like as sort of like supportive, like loving, connected. Uh, and, and, and at some point I, I saw that one of the women said, hey, Andy, you know, this doesn't feel good. And, and it was interesting because I didn't associate anything sexual to it um, as I had done it. But then it dawned on me at that moment. Oh, I, for, I, I forget that just because I don't feel any intention in this. And we were also very close, by the way. 
So it wasn't like we were just work. We'd go on vacations together with me and her husband. So we were all very, very close knit kind of uh, friends. And so when I remember when she told me, Andy, do me a favor. You know, I I think I touched her on the shoulder and said, thank you. I really appreciate the work you did uh, on this. It was it was she she just said, Andy, do me a favor. Please don't do that again. And it shocked me because in my mind I had no intention, but I also realized that physical touch was something that I often uh, associated with how I communicate love uh, uh, with others in any context. I always said touch is like oxygen for my soul. Mm. Like when I, when I went out towards end of 2019, I would hug, I think 12 people a day, if I remember right. And I did that for a couple of months yeah. It was really, it felt like my survival was at stake if I didn't do it. So it wasn't even a choice. Um, and I remember it started, I started to get more alive through getting those hugs. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, 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 we didn't have a full show on this because we discussed once. I said, why don't we do a show on touch when it originally was coming up for you? And you said you couldn't do it for an hour because it would be emotionally too draining for you. This was when COVID hit, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I, was, I, was in, uh, I was doing the this, this, this social distancing very strictly. I, I was dying, man. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself by having such an incredible shift in your life from hugging 12 people every day to hugging no one for a year? A lot. Like my physical reaction to your question is I'm really clasping my hands. Wow. I learned how much I love you, Andy. Mm. (sighs) I saw that spending time with you in that year was, I mean, I, I even ended a relationship that was fresh just because the woman chose not to do social distancing mm. and this podcast and our connection and, and spending time together was not even for compromise in that time yeah and uh, and the reason I'm crying is because the idea of putting you at risk and losing you mm. like I, we're all gonna die yes and uh, I'm not ready to let you go. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I that's what I learned. Yeah. In a way, what I hear you saying is that you withheld the thing that was most important to you because you felt like you might lose the thing that was most important to you. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Hmm. When you and my mother were talking beginning of the show, it to me it really felt like <laughs> two different families huh. engaging. Yeah. And all she wants to do is she wants to have somebody on the other side that whose love language is receiving gifts. You know? <laughs> she just wants give me the halloumi, give me the fish sauce, give me the this, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So uh, I need to make her happy, figure out how to make her happy in feeding me. (laughs) This is an interesting question because obviously I've lost both of my parents. So I don't have the challenges that you would have. But how is it knowing that your mom's love language is far from touch? We did a Q&A today. And it was things like, what what scares you the most? Or what, what would be a nickname you would give me? Like really random questions that I came up with. Okay. And what I, what I said was, 
it, I don't think it's not that her love language is love. It. You mean touch? Is that what you touch, meant? Touch, touch, sorry. But there is an inability to receive love. Yeah. Because love can be taken away from her. Oh, yeah. So, so if I look at the five lang love languages, what I see with my mother is that these five, she's more easily giving than receiving. Yeah. And even the giving is a challenge. Yeah, yeah. And I would say food... She doesn't have to express it physically, but kind of the creation of it comes out. Yeah, yeah. So there's a sense of nourishment, parent. Yeah. You, you yeah. want your kids to be healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. So as I'm here in Cyprus with her, uh, with my whole family, I'm, I'm just here. I, I, I see, oh, I need to hold space here. There's nothing to solve and give love and, and creating memories with them. When yeah, I make yeah. these videos, I'm really creating memories. That's what I, uh, that's what I saw. Yeah. I didn't post half the stuff I made with her today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. So I, I'm really enjoying being back. Yeah. It's, yeah. And your sister, what would you say your sister's love language is? What's your love language, love? Touch? Words of affirmation like complimenta paria paradigma? Quality time? Quality time? Receiving respect. gifts. Receiving gifts. Respect. She says respect. Oh, good. <laughs> Which one does that respect fall under? Acts of service, physical touch, quality time. They don't have respect as a form of love. So here, I would say respect is uh, the intention again, right? Yeah. Communication. Yeah. Communication. Communication. Yeah. So, um, I love to hear how she talks to you, by the way. Uh, Andy loves to hear how you talk to me. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hear that. Although yeah. she didn't say it, I heard it. She, he heard it. <laughs> uh, actually, the whole world heard you. No. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to throw a chair at me. <laughs> Uh, oh beautiful yeah you should warn them that they're live bambos uh we do know we do know that you, we do know that your family sometimes is a bit anxious about how much you share online now they are going to be sharing online as well they don't even know it uh, that's beautiful uh, we have some people that have shared their love languages by the way let's go just to share a little bit of that yes jessica shows her love language is 33% physical touch, so basically the same as you. 23% quality time. 20% acts of service. 20% words of affirmation. And 3% receiving gifts. It, yeah, nice. It's funny. I think for the most part, it appears a lot of people have receiving gifts as quite a low a low score, right? Yeah, I imagine there's a skewing of the thing because we discussed earlier, like, who wants to say they they want to receive gifts on the you know on the on the test? It makes you look a little bit, yeah. I don't know. So that that could very well be um, what skews a bit of the results. We also have Iris Offer coming in that says she's thirty thirty five percent quality time, which is more in my direction, which we'll get to in a second. Thirty two percent words of affirmation. Wow, you're doing a great job, Iris. Twenty three percent acts of service. 10% physical touch and 0% receiving gifts. She's also at a 0%. You know, it was really funny because with, with Iris, we met for a walk last uh, week and, um, and, and 
she said to me that she really did appreciate it when uh, I believe she said this. And if I'm making this up, please correct me. How appreciative she was of just showing recognition of her being part of our journey because she's watched every single show we've done. So in some ways, that would also speak to the um, the words of affirmation, just showing the appreciation of her for being there and supporting us. So that would connect to that uh, to that that shape or form of love. And we have Magda in Austria. She's a thir- uh, mine. What is the mine? What, what am I missing there? Most so that's the first one. Oh, th- oh sorry. Thirty-two percent quality time, twenty-nine percent touch, sixteen percent service, thirteen percent affirmation, and ten percent gifts. Beautiful. Uh, let's reveal mine, which basically I have to say changed. I did this about uh, two months ago, I believe, and the scores changed. My primary love language is quality time at 32%. My secondary love language is touch. Is that right? Physical touch at 29%. Yeah. And then my third is acts of service, right? And the fourth is words of affirmation. And the last one is receiving gifts. The last time I took this assessment, the um, the words of affirmation was also quite low. So th- this was also closer, and the um, and my highest score was physical touch, was over thirty. So for some reason, when I took this the last time, and this time uh, something changed. So, two months ago. Yeah, two months ago. Yeah. Um. When I looked at the assessment and saw these scores, I was also, as I told you, a little bit, uh, a little bit confused. For the one, because we discussed the receiving gifts and how I felt like, hey, there are times I really lo- love receiving gifts, but it's usually the intention of the gift more than the gift itself. So, in some weird way, I think um, I see cert- the the receiving gifts is sort of connected to. Um, you know, I, I would almost say quality time, weirdly, in my, the way I, uh, the way I uh, ex- experience it. And for me, you know, I also had a, a challenge with it because I also felt I am quite independent. So, like, there are love languages, but I feel to some degree I don't really feel dependent on Ronnie to give me those things. So it's not like I would ever say, Ronnie, you're not giving me what I need. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever heard those words utter from my mouth and my relationship with Ronnie. And yet, when I look at her assessment, we also have a very similar love language. So it's, it's, it's funny because I realized, well, maybe we don't actually have to pay attention to our love language differences because there aren't many differences. There's something that I experienced in your relationship, which is really beautiful. Yeah, what's that? Is you guys can dance in between the polarities. Okay. And you give each other so much love and presence. And I would say presence even more, like just yeah. holding that space for the other person and allowing the other person to be respect. True. That... When that's in a, as an as a basis in a relationship, what I see is you guys could have like two weeks of not touching, and you wouldn't feel that the other person doesn't love you. If that makes sense, no, it totally makes sense. I, I, you know, I took, you know, imagine I went and told her I'm going to travel for three months across America alone, right? Like, like sh- her her love language is touch. So in making that decision, I also made a decision for both of us that she wasn't going to get touched, at least for the, I think it was two months. I think we met after two months of my trip. Um, and, 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 and you're right. I think there was a beauty to it. Although, although we both knew it wouldn't be easy, there was also an aspect of this is bigger than both of us. This is a journey you need to take. So, yeah, there, there, is, a, there is a respect clearly um, that I think is 
it's almost, you know, I'll do this Harrison assessment. And the Harrison assessment is polarity test. It tests where is there an imbalance between a gentle and a, a, a dynamic or a, an aggressive trait. You know, they use the X, Y axis for those who've never seen or see me do it or use it. And the one thing that always fascinates me is there's one of these quadrants that they measure, which has an influence on all the other quadrants. And and, and, and in general, a lot of the quadrants are very independent of one another. And the one that has the biggest, um, the biggest uh, influence on all the other ones is an individual's ability to deal with stress. So the more under stress a person is, the more likely they are to succumb to all of their bad behavior. So if someone has a very high thresh, a stress threshold, then you'll notice that they don't flip as much. So I guess what I equate that back to what you just pointed out, which I also feel, is that there's a very strong basis of trust and love, which is, is so that even if we're away, that basis is stronger than our, than our needs. We don't blame the other one for what we're not getting. In fact, what I've noticed is we share it and then we hold space for the other and then we get closer, even if we're not giving it physically, the, the sharing of how hard it is for both of us is actually part of the thing that makes us closer in that process. So that, that, that would go to communication, what your sister mentioned earlier. Beautiful. And I would say that's what I feel like I was not able to do in my former relationships, which is now just part of my DNA. Which isn't to say it's perfect, obviously, but if there's a glimmer of unhappiness, then I'll ask what's going on. Or if there's something that's not being spoken and I feel intuitively what it is, then I'll actually say, hey, we haven't had touch in a while. How are you? What's going on? Like, like I'll try to uh, actively find or support instead of just passively saying, oh, you're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm okay. Like that. That isn't how I live uh, in my relationships. I try to feel and not assume too much because you already, or we've already discussed how assuming creates a lot of trouble as well. Yeah. So yeah, quality time is the most important for me, um, which is interesting because I told you my second is physical touch and you always laughed and said that you didn't think physical touch was important for me. But I, I would say, as I mentioned in the last one, physical touch was the top the top uh, score for me last time I did this assessment. And, um, and the reason is, is because that's how I received love as a child from my mom. So in a way I very much associated the, like uh, the back scratch, which would be the way I would say like the, the biggest act of love that I receive is a back scratch from Ronnie in, in, in the evening. And so that would be, for me, if I if you had to say, Andy, what's the thing where you feel like you receive love? That would be the thing that would be number one um, in terms of how I receive love is a back scratch in the evening. And I and it doesn't go missed on me that that was the same thing my mom would do as a child, scratching so, your back. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so so in a way, and Andy, I know, yeah. one second, I'm getting this image of Ronnie. You with your t-shirt off, and she's just scratching. Yeah, it can be soft. It can be hard. It can go in many different directions. Sometimes it leaves blood and marks. Other times not. But but the <laughs> the, the the idea is that there's just a, a attention and love, and that's the way I've re I received it as a child. And so when Ronnie does that for me now, I really feel into that love, and it also connects me back to that uh, to the loss of mom, and um and it doesn't get lost on me. We discuss it as well. And um, it's meaningful. It's not just a. Uh, it's not just a thing that goes unspoken. I love that. Yeah. This acts of service, right? Acts of service. I had it as a twenty-three percent, and you had it as your kind of your tie for three at seventeen percent. And there is a degree because acts of service is when someone does something in order to make your life a little bit easier without you asking. Mm -hmm. And there is some degree that I've seen that when someone cares about me 
to take me into account and do something that's just um, thoughtful to me, there's, there's certainly, I certainly receive love through that as well. So, so my score here at 23% and you're at the 17, I, I, I would say I, it never gets lost on me when someone does something for me that isn't asked for. And so I, I think that that was a relatively high score as well at a 23%. Like if I'm sick and then Ronnie will bring me tea or if, uh, if uh, you know, I'm going to do this show and I've got a half an hour meeting and she knows I'm not going to be able to eat between, she'll anticipate that and, and make food for me to eat before my coaching session. So those are things I really value as well. And it's sort of easy to swallow this up into numbers and not really look at what are the moments where you appreciate another person for what they're doing for you. Nice. So that's why I wanted to create it as a, a situation. You know, I always find this is abstracted. A number is so abstract. It has no association. I associate with exactly those moments in time when someone does goes out of their way to think about you and what's your problem and try to help you, even if you don't know that that's a, that that's um, um, coming, you know, up. Going, coming up. Yeah. There was something else that I took from the Wikipedia page that I wanted to read. Chapman suggests that to discover another person's love language, one must observe the way they express love to others and analyze what they complain about most often and what they request from their significant other most often. He theorizes that people tend to normally give love in the way that they prefer to receive love and better communications between couples can be accomplished when one can demonstrate caring to the other person in the love language the recipient understands. An example would be if a husband's love language is acts of service, he may be confused when he does the laundry for his wife and she doesn't perceive that as an act of love, viewing it as simply performing household duties because the love language she comprehends is words of affirmation, verbal affirmation that he loves her. She may try to use what she values, words of affirmation, to express her love to him, which he would not value as much as she does. If she understands his love language and mows the lawn for him, he perceives it in his love language as an act of expression, of expressing her love for him. Likewise, if he tells her he loves her, she values that as an act of love. Yeah. When I, heard, when I heard this read out, I kind of laughed because I realized I've had that discussion in a coaching session at least three or four times. Even mowing the lawn, even the specifics of mowing a lawn. Honey, I mowed the lawn. I know, but you're just doing the thing you like anyways. How does that help me? Right? That was the that was the feeling. Yeah. And I found that fascinating. Just uh just that it's it's one of these things that's so obvious when you think about it. And of course we can criticize the test itself as being too simplistic, but in the end, it it's undeniable that we want to receive love a certain way. And by our, our nature, we assume unknowingly that other people want to receive it the same way we want to receive it. So let's say the test is very beautiful. Yeah. Like it, it kind of gives a nice guideline. Uh, I kind of had this vision, uh, if you would translate the five languages of love into uh -huh. the Harrison assessment. Yes. Because what this Harrison assessment does brilliantly, it will ask, similar questions or at least they appear similar but in different yeah. ways so it kind of doesn't allow your brain to uh it doesn't answer. allow you to, to trick the system yeah yeah and, I, and agree. I, th and I think uh the test that we did today this morning at the wedding did it i just saw that it's bl so black and white it, it doesn't uh you yeah you can bypass it yeah and i think i told you that i also got different scores in my love language was touch and now it turned into quality time and if i'm honest with myself i really do feel like uh touch is still the highest for me even if it didn't show up in the assessment itself 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We. I think. I think it's also context and where you are today. True. When you, because um, we 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 were we we actually dedicated two or three different shows to touch. We actually did one show where we went fifteen minutes in, and then our guest ended up showing up. Um, now, it, 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 I guess it was obvious to you that your love language was touch before you did this this um, before you did this uh, assessment. My brain would say yes, but my body would say it. it I already knew during the test that it's very contextual. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's just take that as a moment that. So we let's assume because of our our contact that that is your love language. How many times have you gone out with individuals where that wasn't their love language? It's happened. I can't count how many yeah. times. And and do you remember how it was? taking a back seat in myself and just being very curious as to with the awareness that not everyone is like me. Yeah. But, but I wasn't taking to the love languages. So I was just saying, Oh yeah. So, so, so they, they don't feel that need. So what do they, how are they? What, what are they yeah. bringing to the table? Physical touch was all, I, I see it was high for me my whole life uh you know i haven't did the test but i just know it of myself and i was in a relationship with for five years where with someone where it wasn't high for them i saw how hard it was for me to navigate that relationship how would you do it now i mean i think you know at, when i was in my 30s i would I would have the sexual urge and I'd connect and I'd want to be with this person. And it was an irrational want. It was driven by chemical. It was just, I want to be with that person. And, and then, and then all the problems that I wasn't able to see were never seen because I just didn't want to see them. I just wanted to be with that person. And, and I also saw that I could love the person, even if I wasn't getting what I needed, but, in time, resentment would start to show up. So in this case, you know, it was five years with this, this person. And I noticed, I mean, it, it was pretty extreme. We couldn't hold hands in public. We just couldn't hold hands in public because public affection wasn't, um, it wasn't acceptable. No public affection, period. It was a rule. So if I were walking on the street, you know, and just touch this person's hand, they would like, they'd like pull away, like as if, you know, like, oh, that, that's just not. They were from a culture that really did not approve of, uh, of, of public displays of affection, or at least where, not necessarily, the, but the culture that they live within that culture. Yeah. I, I guess my, my point was, was that in time, the fact that we could not connect and that I felt so, unable to express what I wasn't receiving and I wasn't able to give the others what they needed either. It it ended up becoming more, I said, I I ended up living with my sister because basically at some point it was like, if I couldn't get what I needed from this and I still love this person. It wasn't, they weren't a bad person by no stretch of the imagination is that slowly we grew apart and, and we were just together because we were together there, there was no reason why we should have been together. It was out of convenience. But what I find interesting was that first, I, I, I mean, if I look at her love language, I imagine it would be more in the direction of acts of service and quality time, right? Where mine would have been more physical touch and, uh, and quality time. That would be my guess. Yeah. So I, I just found it interesting as I looked at this, I think, I could look back at my life and see when I wasn't aligned with another person I was with where we didn't connect around love. And I could imagine that this is, this would, this would point out where, where the, uh, where the challenges were. Nice. And I'm wondering, can you look back and see the same in your own life or is it, is it too big a question? No, I, in the last relationship I had, I I didn't feel seen for the things I was bringing into the relationship, mm-hmm. and I would blame her. I would say that she's spoiled. Yeah. So there were a lot of judgments coming from my side, and it was through our interaction that you helped me to see that I was not loving for her. 
Yeah, but I well, guess and, my... and, and, and by judging her, I wasn't actually allowing myself to see her. Yeah. So that was yeah, a, yeah, a real big. And when I saw her, I you I realized, oh, we actually are not meant to be together. That <laughs> yeah. That that was a thing. Because yeah, isn't whole, it sad? Was, trying to make it work, trying to make it work. Why isn't it working? Can't you see? Can't you see? And then all of a sudden, when I finally saw, I was like, wow, we really don't vibe we want different things yeah we want different things yeah i think that's the hardest place for people to get to because it's almost the, an investment there's a term and i can't remember the term or the word for it now but when you keep putting more money in because you've already invested a lot of money so you're just losing more and more money but if you were asked today would you put money in this today you'd say no right if you said would you invest in this company no i wouldn't but why do you keep investing because i already lost you know, however much money. So in a weird way, I see relationships very similar as we keep putting money in because we already invested so much money. <laughs> but you're like, Would this a re- is this the ideal relationship? No, it isn't the ideal relationship. So why are you still in it? Because I invested all that money and I got to get my, I got to <laughs> get my money out of it, right? Oh, well, Bambos, I love you. Even if this is not something that you can receive because you don't like words of affirmation, I still love you. I didn't say that. <laughs> I think the hardest thing I've found about any assessment is that once we think we know someone by the assessment, then we're not in connection with them at all. Like that's the danger of assessments. That is such a key thing for me. Yeah. Like, like I'll meet people sometimes and there's such a beautiful connection. All of a sudden, what's your date of birth? What's this? And it's like they're trying to understand if we're compatible and I, and I see that's fine. But in my body, I always feel triggered. Because yeah. in a way, it's like they, they're, I feel that they're moving away from me and they're going into a kind of construct. A narrative about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I leave you again, Bambos. Thank you for being part of my life and sharing the five love languages with me. I know that you would like more touch and I'll work on that because the love language says you need that. Would you like me to wear more sexy shirts? <laughs> No, in fact, I would say zip it up a little bit more and you might receive more touch. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to touch you with a hairy chest. <laughs> it's a wonderful chaos. We like it that way.